Father, we thank you so much for what this day represents. And Lord, right now, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, that as we share time together in the Word of God, that you would cause the Word of God just to come alive in our hearts. We pray for faith to grow and to rise up inside of us, Lord. Jesus, I pray right now for the strength and the almighty power of God to fill every person to overflowing. You are the God who does exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And we just pray right now that you would just do miracles in the homes of every person watching. Lord, for those who are sick in their body, for those who are going through great pain right now, we pray, oh God, for a great touch of heaven in their life, in their body, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome once again, and I would like to turn to a scripture here as we begin our service in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. If you will turn there, I will have the scriptures on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, this talks about the, the glorious resurrection and the hope that we have through Jesus Christ. In verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, hallelujah, and to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your, your receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Hallelujah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I just want to remind you, church family, that we have an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled. It is reserved in heaven for you. Jesus said there is no moth no rust, no thieves that can break in and steal and corrupt what God has reserved for you. And this is all because of what Jesus Christ has done. I would like for us to prepare to receive communion together. Uh, thankfully, with this broadcast, you can push pause on your computer right now. And if you need to find some bread, some crackers, and some juice, go ahead and do so. And then we will resume once you're, you're ready. Just push play again. But as we do, if you have your, your bread and your juice ready, your family together, Together, if you're uh, even if you're alone, we're just going to share this communion together. I would like to turn our hearts to what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's turn in the book of Luke, chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verse 14. When the hour had come, Jesus sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. With fervent desire, Jesus desired to eat this Passover with his disciples. Why was that? Because as I said last week, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and now he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He ever lives to make intercession for you and I. 
Jesus Christ knew what his sacrifice was going to accomplish for your life and my life, and I can't wait to talk about it this morning. So let's get back to it here. With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise also he took the cup after supper saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. I would like for us to take some bread right now. If you have a cracker and if you have some juice, whatever you have, and let's just hold it together. I know it's a little bit different, but you know what? You can have communion in your home and let's just begin to pray and invite the Lord to bless this bread and this juice for what it represents. Why? Because it represents the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's hold this bread together right now and ask for God's blessing and for him just to bring the benefits for what he has purchased for us as we partake of this together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this bread that you have given to us. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your son Jesus into this world And Lord, we thank you that he had stripes that were laid upon his back. Your word says, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Lord, not only in our physical bodies, but spiritually, that Lord, for those who are brokenhearted, for those who need the renewing of the mind, Jesus, we ask for healing right now. Jesus, the night before you died, you took bread and you broke it and you gave it to your disciples And you told them to take and to eat all of it, for this is your body, which is broken for us. Jesus, we ask that you would bless this bread. And Lord, right now we receive it with gratitude. And as we do so, we pray for healing, Lord, to come into every home in Jesus' name. Let's partake together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you. God, we praise you. Let's just take this cup together right now. And Lord, right now we hold this cup together and we thank you that this cup represents the new covenant in your blood, which is shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we honor your sacrifice. And how do we do so? We honor your sacrifice, Lord, by receiving the forgiveness that you have given to us. Lord, if there is anything in our hearts between you and us, Lord, right now, we confess our sins before you. We repent of all of our sins. And we just ask, God, that you would wash us and cleanse us, purify our hearts, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for the beautiful robes of righteousness that you give to us. We thank you, Lord, that because of your shed blood, Jesus, that there is an invitation that we have to come to the throne of grace boldly, Lord, we need more grace. We need more mercy to help in the time of need. And so, Jesus, we receive the forgiveness. We thank you that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Lord. And right now, as we partake together, we just pray for the joy of your Holy Spirit to fill our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's partake together. Oh, glory, glory, 
glory. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord. We thank you, Lord, so much for the sacrifice of what you have done. We thank you, Jesus, that when you hung on that cross, Lord, you cried out, it is finished. We thank you, Lord, that the price has been paid. We thank you for the complete redemption that you have purchased for your people. And we receive it, Lord, with gratitude and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. You know, church, we truly have a living hope because of what Jesus Christ has done. I am so thankful that he did not stay in that tomb, that after he was taken off that cross and they put him in that tomb, three days later, he rose again from the dead. And because of that, we have a living hope. You know, as we think about what Jesus has done, there's a scripture that comes to my mind. It's probably one of the most well-known verses in John chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Listen. As we think about what Jesus has done, the living hope that he has purchased for us, when we think about the cross, we think about the great love that God has for us. But here we see two things in contrast. We see the complete goodness of God, his mercy, his love, that God is on display at his very best when he is offering himself for humanity. But what do we see? We see humanity responding with the very worst of humanity. You see, the Bible doesn't gloss over uh, how bad we have gone astray, how far we have gone astray. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But thank God that the good news is that God doesn't leave us in that helpless condition, that God doesn't leave us in the condition of our heart being estranged from God and just desperately wicked. No, the good news is this, that in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Hallelujah. God, that is just the good news, church, that here Jesus, when we were without strength, when we were helpless, when we were his enemies, That is when Jesus Christ died for us. When God was given his very best, we were given our very worst. But that didn't keep God away from us. No, why is that? Because God is on a rescue mission. He is wanting to redeem and to save and to bring us back to himself. And he is going to do a complete renovation project. I want to tell you that we were not redeemed with money. God has all the money in the world. He has all the gold in the hills. Everything belongs to him. He didn't want to redeem us back with money and things and to try to buy us off. No, 
He redeemed us back with the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ, when his son died on that cross that purchased your redemption and my redemption. Hallelujah. And this redemption is a complete redemption. You see, he's not going to leave our heart in a state of, of wickedness and separation from, from him. No. He's going to do a brand new work in our heart. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah! All things become new through Jesus Christ. That's the living hope that we have. I don't know how many are watching or listening, but sometimes we have experiences in life that we would rather not have to relive. Well, I have good news, my friend. You don't have to relive those old experiences. If you're tired of the old life, if you're tired of the old you, there is a new you in Christ Jesus that God is creating. Let's read one more scripture here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, God is doing a good work in our lives. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Hallelujah. We are being transformed from glory to glory. You see, God is doing a a complete work. This living hope that we have is that God, when I was at my very worst, you were at your very best. You were not content to leave me in the gutter, in the ditch of life, in the cesspool of sin, in the cesspool of my own my own uh, bitterness or unforgiveness or anger or lust. No, Jesus came and he got into the septic tank of this world of sin and he said, you know what, there's my creation and I want to rescue them and pull them out of that sewer tank and I am going to redeem them with my precious blood and I'm not going to leave them the same way that they are. No, I'm going to make them a brand new creation. I'm going to change them from glory to glory, conforming them to the image of Christ. Hallelujah. God is demonstrating his tremendous willingness that he desires to do a complete work in your heart and my heart. Let's see what else that he is doing through this living hope that we have. We learn this, that God is desiring to bring forgiveness. It says in Psalms 86, verse 3 through 5, Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I cry to you all the day long. Rejoice the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good ready to forgive and abundant in mercy and truth to all who call on him. I want to read verse five again. For you, Lord, are good, ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all who call upon them. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is good. He is ready to forgive. He is plenteous in mercy. That is the living hope that we have, my friends, that God He didn't come into this world to condemn the world. No, he came to save this world. And I know that there's probably at least one person watching or listening that sometimes we can feel like that, you know what, I've blown it, I've done too much. Maybe you walked away from God and you're wondering, does God even want to forgive me anymore? Listen, when you think about Resurrection Day and Good Friday, when we celebrate the death of Jesus on the cross, why would we celebrate such a thing? 
because it demonstrates that, my God, he wants to forgive me. If he wanted to push me away, he could have pushed me away, but no, instead, he drew near to me. Instead, he opened up his arms wide and said, this is how much I love you. He held absolutely nothing back. And so if you're struggling and wondering, Lord, do you want to bring forgiveness into my life? Oh, my friend, he wants to bring so much more into your life, not just forgiveness, but he wants to impart his very life, his righteousness, his holiness, his goodness, his truth into your very heart and your nature to make you more and more like himself. Now, listen, this forgiveness, it is a complete forgiveness. He doesn't keep a record of your sins. It says in the Bible, as far as the east is from the west, That's how far he removes our transgressions from us. And so when you go to God and repent and say, Lord, forgive me, the living hope that we have is, you know what? He removes your transgressions from you. You may remember them. You may have family or friends who remember your sins and transgressions. But God Almighty says, you know what? I throw them into the depths of the sea, never to be remembered again. Hallelujah. What a living hope that we have with our God, that he not only saves us and rescues us, but when he forgives, it is a complete forgiveness in Jesus' name. Now, I want to tell you, my friends, that there is something else that God is doing through this living hope that we have. We have uh, the hope of eternal life. Paul the Apostle says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or out of the body, I do not know. God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Hallelujah. What is this living hope that we have? Remember when I read in 1 Peter chapter 1 that we have an inheritance that is incorruptible? undefiled. It does not fade away. It is reserved in heaven for you. Long before this coronavirus began in, in our country here this past month or six weeks, back in November, December-ish, God began to stir my heart with the hope of eternal life, with the hope of heaven that we have. I want to tell you, this may sound strange to hear from a preacher, but as God was just having me go through his word and I began to pray and to meditate and to think about heaven and the glory of heaven, the beauty of heaven, and how it will be so amazing that there will be no sickness, no disease, no sorrow, no anger, no division, no strife. There will be no lack, no poverty, uh, no food shortages. There'll be nothing It's just going to be the most incredible environment. There'll be no storms, no earthquakes, no famines, no wars. There'll be no politicians in heaven. It's going to be a wonderful place. When we get up there, that we're going to get to plant vineyards and build houses. I believe that's in the book of Isaiah, chapter 65. Can you imagine, my friends, that when you're in that new heaven, the new earth, 
and you are finally living in the presence of Almighty God, that now your faith has become sight in all that you have read about and heard about and prayed about, that, you know, you're exercising faith in this time, but someday we're going to get to see God Almighty face to face. He will be our God, and we shall be his people, never to be separated ever, ever, ever again. There'll be no accidents. There'll be nothing to mess anything up. No, my friend, heaven and the new earth, it will go from glory to glory to better to better to better. The experience that you have in heaven, it will never plateau. You will never get bored of heaven. You will never think, okay, I've seen all that there is to see in heaven. No, friends, it is going to be for all eternity getting to explore the wonders of our creator, the wonders of our redeemer. Paul the apostle, he had that experience. He was caught up to the third heaven, to the paradise of God. Do you remember that thief on the cross? There was two thieves crucified with Jesus, one the right hand, one the left. One of the thieves was just railing on Jesus saying, hey, if you're the son of God, save yourself and save us too. Then the other thief looked at the other thief and said, you know what? Hey, you need to be quiet. Uh, We deserve what we're getting. But this man in the middle, he has done nothing wrong. And then he turned to Jesus and said, Lord, would you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? And then Jesus said, truly, today you will be with me in paradise. Well, Paul was caught up to that paradise of God. He was caught up to that third heaven. And it was so wonderful, so glorious. It says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Hallelujah. We have a living hope, my friends. What is this living hope that we have? That God has held nothing back from you and I, that he did not leave us in our brokenness. No, instead of leaving us in the mess that we're in, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he went to that cross for your sins and my sins, not to offer a partial forgiveness, no, a complete forgiveness. He holds absolutely nothing back. He is doing a complete renovation, restoration in your life and my life. He's not going to ask you just to improve your old life and to kind of patch things up a little bit. No, Jesus is in the regeneration process of saying, you know what? I'm going to make you into a brand new person. My friends, we have a living hope as well. The living hope that someday that we're going to get that that, uh, reservation in heaven where we have an inheritance that is undefiled. It doesn't get corrupted. Nobody can mess it up, but it will just get better and better and better as time goes by. That is what Jesus was looking forward to when he went to the cross. You see, our God is a God of relationship. Our God is a heavenly father who longs and desires to have that relationship with you, to communicate with you heart to heart, spirit to spirit. And it's not just going to be a one-time communication. No, for all eternity, this is the promise that he has promised to us. 
even eternal life. I want to go to one more scripture here. It says in the book of Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want to ask you a question on this Resurrection Sunday. Have you come to a place of repentance Have you come to a place of asking Jesus Christ to be your living hope? Have you come to a place of surrender? You know what? You may be wondering, why am I still alive? Why have I gone through so much in my life? Perhaps you've had many near, uh, near death experiences or car accidents or different things that have happened in your life and you're wondering, well, why am I still here? I'll tell you one reason why you might still be here, my friend is because God is not willing. He doesn't desire for anybody to perish, but that we should all come to repentance. He longs for your salvation. You may say, no, I'm too hard and I've gone too far. No, Jesus knows all about you and he went to that cross for your sins. And if you will simply repent of your sins, ask God for his forgiveness, invite him into your heart, The Bible says that you will be born again. The last scripture I'd like to read here this morning is this. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart one believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. I would like to invite you to pray with me right now. If you need Jesus to be the living hope of your heart, if you need the hope of the resurrection, the joy of the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, if you need the life of the resurrection in your heart and you're just sensing, you know what, it's not yet there, if you will pray this prayer, the mighty, almighty power of God will come into your heart, will come into your spirit. It will just raise you from the dead, spiritually speaking, and bring you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pray right now. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for giving your life upon the cross for our sins. Right now, we ask that you would forgive us for all of our sins. God, We repent of living life our own way. We repent, God, of going astray. Dear Jesus, would you please wash my heart clean? Dear Jesus, would you please come into my heart? Take up residence. I don't want you to be just a casual visitor that comes by from time to time. No, Jesus, I want you to make your home in my heart. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would fill me with yourself, fill me with your mighty power. I want to be born again in Jesus' name. Amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes looking on him. I would like to go back in closing one more time to the scripture I opened up with again. Uh, It says here that we have that inheritance. And let me get to the right one. It says, Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. If you've invited Jesus into your heart, you may not see him. 
You may not hear him every day, but you know what? By faith, you can rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I just pray that you have a wonderful resurrection day, but you know what? I don't want it just to last for today. No, we're to have a living hope, not just on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, every day this week, no matter what this world may bring, no matter how long this quarantine lasts. No, we have a living hope through Jesus Christ because he has risen from the dead. I pray for God's blessing upon you. And I just encourage you, let your light shine for others that they would see the living hope that you have in Jesus name. God bless you.